Hello storygoers and welcome back to another episode of Tales in the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I am your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Oh, Ryan, I don't know about you, man, this weekend, or this week, has been a whirlwind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. My supervisor looked at me on Friday and said, huh, you've had a pretty bad week, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's sad that you know that. I didn't really talk to you. <laughs> well, Ryan, how are you and uh, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Uh, I am doing all right. Um, it was a wild week for me as well. This next week looks a little bit better, thankfully. Um, it's getting toasty out there. Yesterday was the weather was kind of cloudy and really nice. Today it's going to be a little bit warmer. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, and as far as what I've been playing, um, mostly Destiny and a little bit Outriders and a little bit of Ratchet and Clank. Kind of the same things I have been playing kind of in rotation. Um, a lot of Destiny as I'm getting deeper and deeper into the season, completing more things. Um, my partner likes to just like do random things as well. So like right now, I think she's down there just like running this event over and over that she enjoys, which is fine because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's she enjoys it. Um, and uh, then Outriders Day, we're approaching the end of that game. We're going to talk about that a little bit actually in in today's episode. Um, the great, beautiful story of the, Outriders. The, the beautiful, <laughs> well-told story by those who brought you Final Fantasy, bring you Outriders. Um, Sounds right. <laughs> and, uh, and then just kind of still, uh, every once in a while when I can, getting on and to keep playing to that second playthrough of Fratch and Clank. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. It's, I'm so glad with it for the weekend. It's good. My I have family came up today, which is nice. Oh, so that's yeah, exciting. I should see them today or tomorrow, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's good. And then... Uh, as for what I've been playing, it's still a lot of Ratchet and Clank. I tried to finish it this morning before we jumped on here, but I just was like, I don't want to. I don't want to rush it. I'll probably beat it today, but I probably just you know I don't want to. I'm not one to just sit in front of a, a game for like more than probably two hours. I need to take that break. Yeah, and I was at that point. So, but I mean, we'll get to that. I was going to talk about that. We'll get to that. Uh, also playing a lot of Guilty Gear Strive. I've been watching more tutorials on that than playing it. Just trying to get down. I chose my character. For those of you who are listening, uh, Nagoro Yuki is probably who I'm going to go for. Not who I thought I was going to go for. Very slow character. You can't dash forward with him. Kind of drives me crazy. Uh, but very, very strong. And uh, he's really cool. So that's how I'm going for that. And then, of course, Animal Crossing. Uh, we are just, my partner and I have decimated again. Decimated our town. Um, and just totally changed everything with it. And it's really about, like, every day we're, like, trying to gather up enough money to pay off that next bridge or, pay, you know, pay off that, that <laughs> we're getting very low on funds. Mm-hmm. So, or, if it's fun. It's still a lot of time. I tried fun. to get some money for the bug off. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll get a lot of money for the bug off. And every time I'd run it, I'd get, like, 1,500 bells. Or, no, 15,000 bells. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, this is chump change. I don't want to do this event anymore. <laughs> like, again, like the toy cockroach thing, as you get to the point, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not doing mm-hmm. this stuff. Anyway, but that's that's basically what I've been playing. But, Story Goers, we hope that you're doing well and that you enjoyed our last episode of Metroid. Can't wait for Dread. Oh, yeah. Looks so good. I was watching. Have you, have you watched the uh, Nintendo Tree Live? House I haven't watched thing? the full thing. I've seen, I haven't watched the full thing. I've seen bits and pieces on the internet throughout the week. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited and a couple of the gaming podcasts I've listened to have talked about it as well so I'm feeling excited ah, it looks so good we can talk, we're going to talk about a little bit more about, that, about Metroid Dread later as well yes we are uh, so we gotta, we gotta watch ourselves we keep on just jumping into these conversations <laughs> prematurely um but of course story goers before we jump into today's DLC we want to remind you that you can let us know your thoughts feelings and perspectives on the episodes that we have that the stories we cover or plan to cover 
by letting us know at our email at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. DM us or comment on our posts. Let us know what you think. And we will happily read those on the show. You will also earn yourself a super cool Tales from the Cartridge sticker. It's all the rage right now. Starbucks that scraped my sticker off still, dead to me still. <laughs> Bad drinks and peeling off my sticker, dead to me still. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's just an empty lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but today's DLC is a cool one. Ryan, would you like to explain to the storygoers what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, so we are coming up on the halfway, the six-month mark of the year, and we were thinking of wow. reflecting back on all the games that have come out this year that we have played um, and mm-hmm. talking about their stories and um, what we think. Obviously, we are only two folks, and we have very specific games that we've played, so I'm sure there's some that slipped under our radar, but these are the games that we have played um, ranked by story this year. My imaginary friend doesn't count, so. Right. Just the two of us. Sorry, Geraldo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I Geraldo. Um, and we have an interesting list, very yeah. different from one another, for right. sure. We share one game, mm-hmm. um, which if you're an avid story lover uh, who listens to the podcast all the time, you probably know what game that is. We covered it in different ways already on the podcast. Um, but no, I think we can jump in our list right now. And we can talk about, would you like to talk about our shared game first? Or should we set it to the end? Mm. What do you think? I, I think that would be our big conclusion, I guess. That's yeah, I think maybe, big... we, yeah, maybe we end with that one as it is the, yeah. certainly the most recent on this list. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so then, Ryan, would you like to take us to the first game that you have played uh, in your list for 2021 and, and kind of go through the story beats of it? Oh, and actually, before we jump into anything, we're doing no spoilers as much as possible. Um, if it's a game that you really want to know absolutely nothing about, then please just skip ahead. Um, they'll probably be like five to ten minute conversations, I imagine, for each yeah. one. Um, but uh, we'll do our best to not spoil anything. So right. we don't want to. We want to encourage people to buy these games and play them and not ruin them for anybody. So yeah, yeah. But so yeah, Brian, your first game. What would you? What'd yeah. You do are we doing? Um, do you want to start with the worst and go to the best? Do you want to start with just kind of oh. where we are? And do you mean to start with number yeah. two and return back to? Uh, let's do the worst to the best. That's okay. Sure. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Um, so my number four um, is a is a is, is two games because they're kind of equally as um, bad story wise. <laughs> um, both these games playing out this year, both very, in some ways similar, in some ways pretty different, but that is Outriders and Biomutant. Um, both games came out, um, Biomutant is newer of these, and Biomutant was in development for a very long time. Um, Outriders is, I, I know much less about than Biomutant, but again, another game that came out not too long ago that I've been playing, like I've said many times, uh, with our friend Dave. Um, both of these games... The story is certainly not the reason why you play them. If you're looking for a game with a good story, neither of these games are going to get you there. Um, starting with Biomutant, Biomutant is really charming in that it is it is kind of this... The story is about like you as a being who, after the world has collapsed, um, you are going to go into this world to save it again from, from this... this that effectively, and this is in the trailer of the game, there's a world tree that is being destroyed and you have to save the world tree from being destroyed. Um, but as as you're going through the game, it gets like really convoluted and very strange. And there's a narrator who's commenting throughout the whole time. And sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's kind of, you, you'll be exploring and he'll yell at you to go do the main storyline, which isn't very fun. Um, the pacing is very strange in that there is like three big quest lines that you're doing at the same time that one will resolve far before the other and they just do not fit at all. And overall, just the the story isn't that interesting. The the characters aren't 
very compelling. You never hear any of the character's voice. Every every character is voiced by this narrator. So the the another character will mumble to you, and the narrator will say, "What they're saying is," which then you don't connect with those oh. characters at all in any meaningful way. Um, and it kind of it kind of kind of pulls you back. I understand why they're doing it, but it, I don't think it worked for the story. That's about mutant. Um, it's 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 if you're if you're looking for a game like Fallout, where you can just go loot stuff and like build cool weapons and build cool armor. That it's fun for a little while doing that, but um, and the world is really big and beautiful, but. Um, Outriders. Um, this game is much more like a traditional kind of. It, it almost feels like I haven't played Gears, but it feels like a Gears, Mass Effect type game. You're like hiding behind areas. You're moving through these instances with enemies, and you get these powers and abilities and weapons and gear and loot. It's very Diablo in this. Like you're getting collecting loot and you're killing guys, and there's purples and blues and oranges. Very basic RPG stuff, and you're looting to get higher tier gear. Um, but all of the characters are, are pretty badly written. Um, the character you play is just constantly kind of sarcastic and mean to everyone. Um, <laughs> there are characters who just make very strange choices that, that are, are not good for anyone involved. Um, and they're just, none of them are very well written. Um, the story itself is set up as this like epic sci-fi fantasy. Like the, the premise of the game is you're going to another world because earth is dying and then things go bad, um, and, and then you're you're trying to, to be in this world, um, but it's just it's very strange in how they do so, and it isn't very good. Um, the world itself is interesting. There's a lot of strange looking creatures. It's pretty verdant, but you don't get to see a ton of that world. Um, and again, if we're going by story here, because that's kind of what we're all about here, it isn't good. It isn't enjoyable. I've I've we're I'm about the end of the story. And none of the characters' choices make a lot of sense. None of them feel very meaningful. It feels like they're just kind of throwing stuff at you. But yeah, it, it just... Characters who you expect to be in the game for a long time aren't, and characters who you don't expect to be in a long time are there forever, and none of them <laughs> are, are very well written or enjoyable or, or all that interesting. Uh, if you were to give like, an elevator pitch on what the story of Outriders is, is essentially without giving spoilers sure could you, could you do that i'm very i have no idea what outriders is about um i could give you the premise of like the start of the game because after that it's it's completely lost um effectively <laughs> in the start of this game the demo of this game that came out you're playing when the last survivors of a dying earth arrive at this new planet um, they arrive at this planet and they start to unpack their things and then they find out this planet is bad and then they're trying to evacuate, but the guy in charge says, nope, we are already here, we're staying. And then they stay, and everything kind of falls apart, and you get frozen. <laughs> and, and then at the end of that demo, you get frozen, and then you wake up, like, hundreds of years later in this civilization that you saw the start of and now see where it is in the middle. Which, like, as a concept is pretty interesting. Yeah, but, it's not bad. Yeah, but, like, once you get in there, it's, it's, it gets very strange. Um there's there's a part of the one of the premises of the game is all of these individuals in this the city this like the starting city, um, like no one goes beyond the forest. The forest is far too dangerous. There's these big creatures. This this massive magic storm. Um, it's just very dangerous. And then like within, and then you you meet a bunch of individuals who've gone into that forest and have gone past that forest and all kinds of wild stuff. It just it just doesn't it is not in any way cohesive. And then it's your character's journey, effectively, to in the in the in that demo of that game, you like put down a signal to ping the the ship that you brought your stuff came on, and this whole game is then you just reconnecting, finding that signal that you put down um, hundreds of years later, 
effectively, that it's been moved, and oh. apparently it's in the other side of the world. I'm sure there is more to it that I completely missed, but it did not do a good job of, of telling me the story. <laughs> Nor was it interesting, or, or the characters interesting enough to, to get me there. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. I the gameplay's good. The gameplay is fun. The moment-to-moment, the gunplay is, is pretty fun. The, the fact that you can just kind of, at any time, respec is great. Um, the mods are cool. Building builds is cool. And, and they're doing a good job of making that piece more fun. They've kind of realized that that's where the interest is. Um, so they're doing more of that. But I, I don't see it have a ton of lasting power, especially with, with the story, what it is. Because um, you can fix the gameplay pieces. Um, and that being said, a lot of a lot of big games like this have really bad stories starting out, and they they eventually make them work. Like Destiny was pretty terrible story wise in the <laughs> beginning, um, and for a very long time. So yeah, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't think I ever play Outriders. Quite honestly, um, <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't seem like that's my thing, but uh, hopefully it does well. I don't know. Everyone was talking about it for a short period of time when yeah. it came out. So I wasn't. I yeah, never heard anything else about it. So. I, they, I think they gave streamers a lot of money to play this game. Um, oh, so sense. a lot of streamers are playing it, but it, it just kind of feels like a bad Destiny, um, gameplay-wise. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's still fun enough. Hmm. All right, interesting. Yeah. Story goes, if you want a bad game, <laughs> story-wise, <laughs> with a yeah. good good gameplay, yeah. right, this is for you. In Biomutant. Yeah. yeah. Eric, what are your what is your um, first game you want to tell us about today? Yeah. So, all right. From the list I've got, the one I will start with first is Guilty Gear Strive. And I don't have a ranking for it, and here's why. I don't consider myself a casual fighting game guy. I don't consider myself an experienced one either. <laughs> I'm in that weird gray area that is undefined. Or maybe it is defined and I'm just so casual I don't know it. Maybe I'm more casual than I think. I don't know. The point is, though, is that I don't. I haven't played the story mode of Guilty Gear Strive. And I'll be honest with you, story goers, I probably never will. <laughs> Unless there's something to unlock or something to gain from playing it. Maybe I'll play it, but I will more than likely cut through the cutscenes, or, or skip through the cutscenes, uh, and not know anything that happens in the story mode at all. And you're probably wondering yourself, Eric, why would you deprive yourself of the story of Guilty Gear Strive? Because I just, uh, that's not why I play this game. That's not why I don't think anyone plays a fighting game is for a story. It makes literally no sense. Like, the story, it, it, it takes a huge backseat to the fighting aspect of this game. Fighting games are all about gameplay. And maybe there's some games that are good with story. I don't know. I heard Dragon Ball uh, Fighters did a pretty decent job with their story. Again, never played that one either. <laughs> so, my point is this. I got no grade for Guild of Gears Strive because I will never play the story of that game. Um, and I think the stories in fighting games are pretty unnecessary in this day and age. We don't need that as a selling point anymore. And honestly, it kind of justifies it, like, maybe not selling it at high prices. Guilty Gear Strive is 70 bucks, or 60 bucks, I think, actually, which is nice. Um, but even then, I think it might be a little bit too much. But then, of course, you have to make your money back. So, And it did sell, like, 300,000 copies. So I'm very curious. I would love to get, like, uh, analytics of how many people have actually played the story mode, because I highly doubt many have. That's my that's my take. Uh so yeah, sorry, I feel like I jipped you guys out on a good <laughs> ranking, but just know that I will never play a fighting game story, and I think they're kind of stupid. Uh, but love the game, it's fighting's fun, so yeah. That's all I got for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, so that was it, my cheap uh, first one. Ryan, would you like to take us through your, your second best story that you've played so far this year? 
Yeah, so this is a strange one. Um, my second was um, the Destiny 2, the new season, the season of Splicers, where I've kind of jumped back into Destiny. Um, for a Destiny story, it is very good. It is... Um, there's this... There are There's moments in this season where you are confronted with the fact that you see these other aliens who you're fighting in this game, in Destiny's game where you're fighting lots of aliens. You see them as these monsters coming to take, you know, put your city in danger. There is a moment in this game where a, a really important character of one of these monster races, eventually, uh, alien races, says, like, I understand that you see us as a monster, but we, te- our, we tell our children, you know, bedtime stories about, about guardians. Like, don't go out at night because guardians will come and murder you. It, because guardians have wiped out so many of these creatures that the guardians to a lot of these other other races are seen as these monsters who terrorize them and hunt them down and kill women and children. And these things are things that guardians have really done. And there's a moment in this season where that character is confronting a character who is seen as a monster and they both are like just reveling in the fact that they say each other as monsters and we need to come together because you're going to have to live with your monsters if we're going to survive um and it's just this really wonderful moment in in this game that has traditionally not had a very good or compelling story that that you get in the forefront of the gameplay experience oftentimes it's in lore tabs or it's in these uh, missions that don't tell you anything about what's going on but here was like right at the forefront and the whole the whole story of this season is these elixni the fallen are living in the last city and the last city hates them because the fallen are bad guys and it's certain members of the vanguard think they should stay and certain members of the city are effectively planning a coup to overthrow the vanguard to get the fallen out and it's really interesting um and then the the back line of all this is there's this great evil who is pulling all the strings but all of that is probably nonsense if you don't know anything about destiny which is why for i give this an a minus but if you are new to destiny you would not understand any of this. None of this information is there in context. You can't play the old storylines. You can't play the Forsaken storyline. You can't play... It's all been taken out of the game. What? Yeah, it's not there anymore. The, most... The planets... A wide chunk of the planets have been taken out. They were sunset. The darkness creeped in, so you can't go to Mars anymore. You can't go to Titan anymore. You can't go to these planets. They're really important to the core story of Destiny 2 when it came out. So because of that, you're as a new player... You're gonna miss so much of this, and not you're not gonna know who Savathun is, um, because why would you? Um, you don't know who Oryx is, because Oryx and Savathun are really important characters in Destiny. But this game in no way helps you get there or understand that. Um, and there are some really interesting things there. But again, if you're a new player, if you're somebody who's you know hears me talking about this each week and wants to check it out, the gameplay is really fun. The gunplay is, I think, the Bungie has made the best gunplay in any game that I've ever played, and, and it's, I stand by that. But the story is just not accessible to new folks. Um, it's just not there. Which is really sad because there's a really interesting, good story in there if it was told right. And I think the only way you can really get that story anymore is like a six-hour YouTube video by My Name is Bife, which is really good. But again, who wants to sit and listen to a six-hour YouTube video to get the story of a game that they can just they could, they could have played but now can't mm-hmm. anymore? Um, so yeah, it, it's a really great season. It's really interesting. It's the I really like what they're doing with it. Um, and it sounds like the last two seasons have been really good. And I think the reason is that they hired a bunch of actual writers to write these most recent seasons. Um, <laughs> so, so it's, it's really interesting. I think this is one of the best stories they've told in Destiny to try to both be interesting in this moment, but then connect to what's going on overall in the game. Um, because the gameplay model right now is there's, they release a, a big expansion at the year, then there's seasons broken up within that year that you play. 
Um, and this is the first time we're starting to see seasons kind of letting us know what the next expansion is going to be and then connecting to what expansion you've already had in, in an interesting way. Um, so I, I gave this kind of an A- minus for me, but to a new player, it's, 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 it doesn't make no sense. So like a D or even an F because they're just not gonna, they're not going to have any connection to it. People, if you don't know who State 14 is and what he did to the Fallen, you know what I mean? It means nothing to you that Mithrax, again, who you don't know who that is, is saying Satan 14 <laughs> is a monster. These are words that mean nothing if you haven't been playing this game for like 10 years like I have. Um, yeah. So that's that's the unfortunate piece of that. Man, that, that really puts a damper on new players. Yeah. When you come in and understand the story. Like really like kind of blocks you from getting new accessible players. Really kind of... Yeah. I don't know. So what you're saying, Ryan, is that... That Bungie hates story. <laughs> Effectively, <laughs> that's what they. Yeah, that's why they left Halo behind because it was too good of a story. They couldn't. They couldn't. They needed to do something new. Yep. And then three, four, three is like, let's make this story longer than necessary. <laughs> and everyone's like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a real shame because it, there's a really there's some really good stories in there. They're just they're not there for they're not accessible. They make you work for it. Not they don't make you work for it as bad as they did in Destiny One. But you still have to work for it, and and now you you can't get a lot of that content that you know we played through. That like when the only Destiny you've probably played through is content that you cannot even access anymore, even if you wanted yeah, I to. Remember Mars? Yeah, I remember Mars. Yeah. I remember Titan. Um, yeah. yeah, those are like the yeah. ones I can really think you of. You can't like, even. Yeah, happen. yeah, you can't even play those places anymore, which is a bummer. That's weird. Right. That is so weird. That's, yeah. That is a choice. That's a weird mm-hmm. choice to me. That's yeah, why. I I think it's because like the game is seventy five gigs and they keep adding more stuff and otherwise the game's gonna be two hundred gigs and there's wow. just gonna be more more content than they can than they can have know what to do with. Um, so they're mm-hmm. trying to scale it back. I, I wish there was a better balance. I wish they could find a better system that you could access that old stuff through like I don't know what if they they may not even need in game justification, but go back and play those experiences mm-hmm. to get some context. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. That sucks. I mean, I guess yeah. it makes sense from that perspective that you know it's like, what is it? Call of Duty, the re- most recent one was like 200 gigs or something crazy. Like, yeah. and everyone was like freaking out about it. Rightfully so. That's a lot of memory to have for one game. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's crazy. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Destiny Two was like I wanted to I wanted to like it, but it's just too much. It was too much for me to to take in. <laughs> it's a lot. Game. I yeah. just wanted to. It's yeah, I yeah. kind of lost myself more than anything when I played that game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. My turn. All right. So, uh, so my next game that I played was uh, New Pokemon Snap. And I'm sure you're, I hear you already, story goers. I hear you in my mind already. The story is so deep and interesting. <laughs> no. <laughs> the story. So what I will say about New Pokemon Snap is the story is very straightforward, like a typical Pokemon game is, which is good. Um, and that the story does drive a narrative in which you do explore new areas in this world even more so than in the original game. Like, in the original game, it really wasn't a story. Like, you're kind of just taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures for Professor Oak, who may or may not be Ash's dad in a weirdly creepy, unsatisfying <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> but what is good about this game is that as you progress through the game, you, you kind of discover new things that lead you to new islands, and then those new islands lead you to more new islands. Um, and so in that sense, the story does drive the narrative and gameplay to then be more expansive and, and kind of take in this world as a whole, which is cool. And the story does kind of try to explain what's going on in this particular area of the world where you're trying to gather more information to figure out this kind of new phenomenon in Pokemon, which is 
I want to say interesting. It's kind of not. It's just Pokemon that glow really cool. It's like, oh, this doesn't happen anywhere else. Why is it happening here? And that's kind of the whole story. Um, I actually haven't beaten Pokemon Snap yet. We kind of put it down to play Animal Crossing again. So we're, we're, my partner and I are very close to beating Pokemon Snap. I'm pretty sure I can guess what's going to happen. And the reasons behind it, it's not that hard. Uh, so overall, I think, new again, new Pokemon Snap is a more of a gameplay game. You're taking pictures of Pokemon in really interesting ways. The story doesn't play a huge role, but it does share more of a role than maybe you think. And if you're a big Pokemon fan, that might be interesting to you. For me, I like Pokemon from Gen 1 and 2 the most, so like Pokemon is not super important to me in that respect of kind of knowing the whole mythos of it. But if you are, if Pokemon is your thing and you love to know everything about it, then I think new Pokemon Snap story would be interesting to you. So overall, from a narrative perspective, I give new Pokemon Snap a C. I think if you like it, it might be a B for you. But if you were someone like me that grew up with it and then can kind of take it or leave it depending on the game, I think that the story is going to be not really anything important to you. I, at the beginning, my partner and I would listen to the story, and it was like, okay, this is whatever, I don't really care. Now we kind of just skip through it. We're like, okay, we kind of know what's going on. I just want to take pictures of Pokemon again, please. You know, so it's that's kind of where we're at right now. So overall, a C. If you like it, probably a B. But from the many of us, I would imagine Pokemon Snap, story-wise, like it's, a, it's a nice big C on it. No C+. Yeah, but... And if you talk back, it's a C minus. <laughs> Just yeah, harsh but fair. Harsh but fair. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, take it. I don't like the new professor either. He's weird. He's like a man child. I don't like him. He needs a little goatee. He needs to shave off. Stop it. Like, grow <laughs> it out or shave it off. Just can't have it in the middle. I don't know. Uh, all right, Ryan. Uh, so for our, our individual titles you've brought up, this will be your last one. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I'm bringing some DLC because I just haven't played a ton of new games this year, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I talked a lot about Valhalla. Um, so, my next one is the Wrath of the Druids uh, DLC for Valhalla. Um, this does some interesting things with the story of Valhalla. I think the story of Valhalla, in, in some ways, is really good and interesting. In other ways, I don't think they leaned far enough into certain aspects. And I think in this DLC, they lean into some of those aspects more. Um, one of the major themes of the base game of finding a home um, or, you know, finding a new home, everything that you left behind, and then trying to carve a home in a place that hates you and doesn't want you. There's some more of that reckoning and conversation in this game, which takes place in Ireland, um, which has its own history with Vikings um, in a really interesting way. So it's continuing some of those themes of being in Eivor is in another new place and just reflecting on the relationship between the Vikings and the, the people of Ireland and, and how in this, this game place again farther in time um, and how things have changed among those cultures and, and that, it's in a really interesting way. Um, the setting is really interesting. They've they found some way to make what is essentially a very similar terrain to Valhalla, kind of more whimsical and magical and, and kind of almost you're walking through the forest, it's a little bit foggier and, and it's, it just feels like a little bit more fairy tale. Um, ish or, or more fantastical in, in a really interesting way. Um, and then some of the characters you meet are really nuanced, have some more nuanced um, thoughts and feelings. Um, there's this you know really important individual in the game who they do not like um, the Vikings, but they understand that they have to kind of respect them because they are now a people of Ireland. And if they're going to be in charge of this place, they need to you know win their respect as well. Or you have a character who it was born a Viking is now a, a lord in this land and he's building up this Irish town because he wants a place in the world and, and uh, Norway isn't a place for him anymore because when all these Vikings who left Norway 
years after they left, a king came and took over Norway, and effectively all of their homes and, and rulers have have all swore fealty to the king, and they've all lost their titles. So they're in this weird place in the world where they they don't have a home anymore, and the place that they're trying to settle doesn't really particularly like them because of of who they are, but also who their people are, which is is really interesting. Um, so I really like that it explored some of those themes. There's this kind of whole evil druids um, thing as well. That's that's interesting enough. I, that that part wasn't as interesting to me as kind of the 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 interpersonal communication interpersonal story and the that kind of avor reckoning and finding themselves and and recognizing that maybe there's no place for them here either is really interesting um so for that i would give it a b i i still haven't finished it um i have a little bit more left but what i've seen so far i really like and enjoy and i'm hoping it continues Mm -hmm. i found it really i haven't played valhalla yet actually right now story goes if you want a deal i think it was PlayStation mm-hmm. that had uh, Valhalla on sale, and there's also so the thing is by itself I forget how much it was, but together with uh, Watch Dogs Legion, it was how much was it? Thirty five, I think I said something like that. It's on sale. I yeah. think it's fifty five percent off or something like that. So like thirty five bucks. So I mean, I think there's a, bit, a lot of good sales going on right now. Steam Summer Sale, PlayStation has a good one. Potentially Xbox. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, but I think back to my point though is I, I haven't played Valhalla yet. I really want to. Um, but I, I kind of get that that I hear that a lot that the story is very good until it kind of gets more magical and it's like eh, this isn't really yeah as good it's more the historical thing that really makes it good so I'm very I'm very curious to you from what I saw at the Ubisoft press conference for E3 uh, and did you watch that by yeah. chance yeah, yeah yeah that's right um, I I couldn't tell if that main character you play as in the new DC was Eivor and like it was yeah. They look so different. I'm very yeah. curious. That makes you like, oh, what happened in the story to make them look so, they changed so much and look so different. I'm, I'm very curious about that. Yeah, they're they're very Anglicanized. They look they look like an Anglo-Saxon in that in that, yeah. or or like a European, which is so different than in the game. You're 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 all, all of the Vikings or most of the Vikings you meet are covered with tattoos or wearing very specific garb. But in the Siege of Paris, you'll see it. And again, I don't know where in the timeline it is because at this point, Eivor has been in England for quite some time and built a home in England. So I'm really interested to see. Um, what they're going to do with that or why they're dressed that way or what they're even doing there um mm-hmm. because that was a, a pretty wild time in europe so that's cool so that's the kind of story aspect that drives me to want to play a game is like how a character can go from the beginning the beginning of the game looking so viking and then now in this newest dlc that isn't out yet looking so european and and um just different it's it's so that, that intrigues me like oh my god you know what happened to this character it's, yeah yeah see that progression so yeah have and, you seen anything happen like that in the new dlc that kind of gives you that uh, i mean understanding or certainly avor again i haven't finished it so there might be more changes yeah. certainly avor is a different person now than they were at the start of the base game because of the things that have happened in the base game um they're they're just their their temperament is different the way they go about the world is different in in a pretty interesting way i don't know how they're going to get to be there and again i don't know how long how much of a jump ahead it is i do really like like you said that they're they're showing this progression we haven't seen that in assassin's creed since um yeah. all, since um Ezio, you know what i mean his change from this kind of brash italian kid to this like really stoic um guy in constantinople trying to just figure out who he is and what his order is about in a really interesting way um that i'm, I'm hoping they're going to hit some of those same notes um but mm-hmm. we'll see you see a little bit too in unity i remember i haven't played i haven't played all of um odyssey i haven't beaten it yet 
Um, but I remember in Unity, after being it, there's a DLC that you kind of see the, rem- the ramifications of the end of Unity and how it changed whatever that person's name is, the main yeah. character's name is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who I thought I liked as an assassin. I thought it was a really yeah. cool character, but Unity was not that well loved, unfortunately. So I, I bet I bet if you went back and played it, it would it would hit some really good spots because it was just so buggy at launch. Um, yeah. That it's it's the last of the Assassin's Creed games that feels like a like a, a platforming sneaky Assassin's Creed game. One of the things I'm looking for looking forward to, actually speaking of in Siege of Paris, is they're going back to that Unity style of mission where here's your target, here's an area, figure out how you're gonna take them out. Which oh, I'm really excited about. Yeah, for more of that. There's a little bit of that in Valhalla, but it's it's Valhalla is certainly more um the Ivor of Valhalla is not an individual who would be sneaky or do those types of things. So I'm really curious as to why they are now. Um, because at this point, because of what's going on in the order, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, not to go off on a whole tangent, but that's what I loved about unity. I thought the story of unity was good, but I loved that was the, yeah. you're kind of making your own story in this terms of like, you're making the, your, your assassination the way you want to. Yeah. So I, unity was good. I think unity was under, underappreciated I agree. personally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited to try about Valhalla. I really want to. And this makes me kind of want to try it even more. It's, I think it's that, you're going to find that lull. I mean, I think, I don't think I, if I want to play, I don't think there's another game coming out that I want to play until, well, Skyward Sword comes out soon. But besides that, you know, I would love to play Valhalla. I got to beat Final Fantasy still, but it's a whole thing. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lull before the fall. Oftentimes there is at the end of summer. Um, the dog days yeah. of summer where there, nothing comes out and there's nothing to play. <laughs> that, yeah. Especially with COVID and everything, pushing everything back, yeah, too. It's yeah. going to be... Uh... But that's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to return to me because my next <laughs> game is Returnal. <laughs> that's all, folks. See you later. <laughs> yeah. My next game is Returnal. And Returnal... I am stuck on what my game of the year is so far because it is between Returnal and the game that we'll talk about after this. For me personally, Returnal's story is bonkers crazy and i say it in a good way i say it's a game that for what you don't understand is happening for me personally that was that is what was driving me forward to want to play more the gameplay's fun don't get me wrong um it definitely reminds me of hades but just with a new kind of some twists in there obviously the gameplay's not the same at all but that you know uh, roguelike aspect of it was very intriguing and that's what kind of drove me to play it but the story was just bonkers crazy it literally made no sense until like kind of you're putting the pieces together and we've mentioned that many times on this podcast before but ryan and i typically appreciate games that don't hold your hand um games that you are figuring it out you're kind of listening to other people's interpretations of it and kind of getting it it's a game that really takes your perspective into account but then getting other people's perspectives may help open up your understanding of the game which is, is exactly what happened to me with returnal i thought i thought i kind of understood that the ending of this game and then I listened to other people's accounts and i was like no they're way off that's definitely not what happened and then other people are like whoa that makes way more sense than what i thought they are totally correct in my point of view of, of what happened in this game um the creepy aspect of returnal also kind of plays a, a significant role at least in in kind of building the unsettlingness of what is happening to this person that you feel so poorly for um but then as the story goes on, you're kind of getting these different aspects of this character. And you're thinking, oh, well, this is not what I thought this person was or what they're doing or, you know, what is this person doing? Did this person, you know, it's just a whole thing. Um, it's hard to put together, I think, is what Eternal's only downside would be. Um, 
But again, if for one person's downside, it could be another person's upside. I, I mean, for if you like a game that really challenges you to pay attention and kind of put the pieces together yourself, then I think Returnal's for you. If you like a game that's very straightforward and you like to understand what the ending is, Returnal's not going to be the story for you. Returnal is definitely not going to be a story for you. Um, I still don't totally know what happens in that story, quite honestly. I think I do. Um, but it's it's interesting. I can't wait till you play. If you ever do play Ryan. I, I, I hope we do an episode of Returnal, because I really want to break down what you think happens. I would like to play it before October, so we could do Returnal for October, if possible. Um, that was, would be good for our yeah. spooky month. Yeah, for spooky yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Returnal would be great for a spooky game. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. it's we can add a lot of creepy sound effects <laughs> to that story yeah. and make it good, and we can kind of tell a good story of that. Because like, the story is fantastic, and the way they introduce new information to you is so interesting, because it makes no sense. But... In a game like Eternal, making no sense kind of makes sense. And that's what makes you kind of feel crazy in the story. And like you, you feel as stuck as the main character in the story when you're playing this game. At least I did. I was like going crazy trying to get to new places and learn more story aspects and figure out what's going on. And when I died, it was infuriating in a, in, in, in a not bad way, if that makes sense. It was infuriating because I wanted to know more. And I, but I loved playing the story. So the fact that I can keep playing was great, but infuriating because I want to know what's happening. So... Overall, if that makes any sense to you, Storygoer, and that's and you're thinking to yourself, wow, this confusing explanation makes me really want to play this game, I highly recommend it from a story standpoint. If I was to rate Returnal, I would give it a solid A. I think it's great. I think the only reason why it's not an A plus is because I still don't really understand the ending and I would love to know more. Um, but then again, maybe it's gonna, you know, make me want to appreciate more when I eventually play it one day and, and figure out new things and maybe I overlook something, I don't know. Um but if you're looking for a creepy game that doesn't hold your hand, that really makes you put the pieces together yourself, and you like the song Don't Fear the Reaper, then this is the <laughs> game for you. <laughs> really good. Ah, it's so good. I, it makes, just talking about it makes me want to play again. I think it's so interesting. And all the little things. There, there were little things that I didn't even take into account that someone brought up as an aspect that was like touched on like once, maybe mentioned in a nonchalant storyline or, or dialogue and I was like oh my god that makes so much sense it's so cool like it's just it's a really cool game it makes no sense but a lot of sense at the same time very smart I don't know how they wrote that story. I can't imagine what that script looks like it's probably bonkers so yeah <laughs> that it's, it's, with a, the wall with all the red lines They're yeah with all the red like yarn and yeah. The crazy, yeah 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 that's probably what it looks yeah. like too um, yeah so that so Returnal's an A for me it's probably my game of the year but it's in competition for our next game that we yeah. both played. It's our last game we're going to talk about yeah. uh, for our for the games that we're covering for 2021 that we've played so far. And that game is... Ryan, take it away. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which we've been talking Woo! about for so long. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and did all kinds of things to prepare all our storygoers to join in this adventure with us. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, it... It is a game I was so worried was going to be very bad, and I'm very excited that it, it actually is like both really enjoyable to play, um, but the the story, there's enough story there, and certainly the characters, which I think we both agree, the characters are really what drives it, specifically Rivet. Yes. Rivet is such an incredible character that so they've cool. added to this world, um, and the characters really drive everything. The world is interesting, The these, these large open areas are really cool. Um, but the, the, the characters are really what makes the story interesting and want you to engage. If anything, I wish there was more 
character story stuff going on and hopefully um, what we'll see is they'll just take this mold and then make an, another game that's that's also very good. Um, but yeah, 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 it's it's like similar to what they did previously. But yeah, I, I really loved this game. I really loved the characters in this game. It was nice to see another version of a lot of the characters that, if you've played the old games, you got to see. Like the Thugs mm-hmm. for Less and the Monks, this really cool, interesting dichotomy. Yeah. And just all of these, these really cool things that I, I really love seeing. Um, and there were some really cool tie-ins there that they that they teased that if you played the other games were, were really fun to, to learn about. But yeah, what about you? I think that's, uh, I'll start with what I thought was interesting is that I'm glad that we did, so Story Wars, if you don't, ooh, Ryan just opened a can of pasta, he's a strong guy. That's, that's <laughs> Someone's having pasta, all yeah, right. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's, okay. it's so random that we're watching. Um, no, I think, well, what was interesting is that uh, Story Wars, if you haven't played Ratchet and Clank, you got your, yourself a PS5 and you're wanting to play but nervous that you won't understand it i will say i'm very happy that we did we covered the the lore and story of the ratchet and clank series before rift apart came out because i'm if we hadn't covered that i would not know as much as what's going on in this game which i think was one of the downsides of ratchet and clank story wise i don't think they did a very good job explaining kind of what happened to this point i know the uh, insomniac explain that you didn't need to play the other Ratchet & Clank games. You can jump right into this and kind of know what's going on, which I don't think is true. I think, personally, if we hadn't together in, Sto- in Tales from the Cartridge gone over the, the story of Ratchet & Clank, I would have been super lost as to what's happening. I kind of would have put it together as we got the story, you know, as, as you play through the story and it goes along, you kind of put together what's going on. Um, but without that context, I probably had no idea. So that's the only negative, I think, to Rift Apart. But, like Ryan said... The characters are what make this game. The characters are so good. Rivet is a fantastic protagonist in the story. And I really, really, really hope Insomniac makes Rivet a a main character in their own game. And her own game would be fantastic. Um, And Rivet's story, without going into spoilers or anything, that is very interesting in itself in terms of a relationship with another character in the game and uh, and their kind of relationship together, which is like, you know, strained because of history which is really cool um i think the character like i said the character is great uh because uh, you're going through dimensions you may see different variations of characters which i think is very cool and very interesting and i wish there was more of that in the game um but the worlds are fun the the weapons in the game are more of a gameplay thing but they kind of add to the story i think they add to the story in a fun way because there is a character in the game called Little Zircon. <laughs> Little Zircon is the tournament. He's like this like head tournament guy. Like you enter into these like kind of skirmishes and he'll like narrate it and he's just the funniest character. The Zircon family uh, is, are just, they're great. I love them. The Zircon's fantastic too. If you play the game, you know what I'm talking about. You have it yeah. and you need to go play it. And in the old games, because this is another dimension, Mr. Zircon was a weapon in the old games where Mr. Zircon floated behind your shoulder and shot enemies. And as you upgraded him, his wife joined in and his son joined in. So this is another version because the Zircon in in Rift Apart is is a pacifist, right? He refuses to fight versus in the original, he he was the weapon, which is really fun. Wait, was he... Wait, so are we going to take this out? Is he in the Rift Apart? Yeah, he he owns the the tavern. Um, He's sitting behind the bar. Um and oh he's my god oh that's right yeah and so he's a pacifist so like you're not allowed to have weapons in the bar you're not allowed to fight in the bar yeah that's so, so <laughs> funny I didn't yeah. even realize that I know Rivet mentioned something to him like oh yeah. you look pretty relaxed so right now or something like that and I was yeah. like I don't even know who that is <laughs> wow yeah that's Mister Zircon yeah so his his oh wife is the vendor his son makes or does all the weapon videos and weapon stuff but yeah it's very cool 
I love Lil Zarkani. He's so funny. Yeah. He's just so yeah, good time. <laughs> but I think overall, in terms of the story, Ratchet and Clank isn't like super strong, no. but it definitely is a story there. Mm-hmm. And you see, I mean, with the power of the PS5, they do such a good job being able to ex- do good emotional expression on these cartoon characters. Like, Ratchet and Clank is really just like a really good Pixar movie in space. I think it's kind of what I, I take them as. The characters are interesting. The story's pretty good. You yeah. know, it's it's pretty developed, but not, like, a lot. And you see that there is a struggle, but you're never too, like, worried about it. You know, at least for me. I'm, yeah. never, I'm never like, oh, my God, this is going to end so poorly. Like, <laughs> you know it's not, and it's okay. And it's not a spoiler. It's just every kind of Ratchet and Clank game yeah. out there. Um, but I just, I I think without the characters, it would not be as fun. Rivet is so cool. I just, I, I can't get over how cool Rivet is. And the robot, and her robot arm is so cool. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, so it, good. It certainly felt like, it, it, again, uh, this is my perspective on this, it certainly felt like Ratchet and Clank were vehicles to give us Rivet and her story. Yeah. They did not, they were not at the forefront. Certainly this this struggle that, that this whole game is exploring is theirs, but it, Rivet is kind of the main protagonist. And, and like you said, I hope that continues. I hope that she becomes or... Or in some way they share it, but I'd be happy with just Rivet becoming the main protagonist of this because she, she she's just so well done and they did such a great job of, in one game, making us know a little bit about her and care about her and in um, no spoilers, but I'm really excited to see what what happens next. They yeah, they set themselves love... up in a really interesting way. Oh, so cool! I I so I haven't beaten the game yet. I'm very close, um, but I am very I, like like yeah, like you keep saying. I think Rivet deserves. Her own game mm-hmm. and i think ratchet and clank deserve more games too because it's yeah. been a great game um it's almost a shame because i feel like we haven't gotten enough ratchet and clank uh, in this story like, yeah. it's just not they're there for sure but it just it's never just you know fully developed i think as it could have been mm-hmm. but rivet's fantastic so if you love strong <laughs> female leads yeah. ratchet and clank is for you who would have thought ratchet yeah. and clank yeah two i think i think clank is considered a, a male yeah i think he's male presenting he, him. yeah yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think I think again, Rivet's super cool. So yeah, so if Ryan, if you were to grade Rift apart, what would you what would you give it? Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it an A minus with the history that I have with this series and them continuing this story in a way that I'm really excited to see what comes next. And I really love these characters. I love the connections. Even like the plumber being the dad of that main monk was really cool. I really loved that. Like yeah, these these yeah. tie-ins are really interesting. Either way, the tie and the other game is really interesting, and, and, I, and I love these characters, and I really just want to see more of them in this world. I'm really curious how they're going to ramp up the stakes in any meaningful way, um, and I'm hoping that in the next game, they have a villain who's more interesting than the villains we had in this game. Maybe that's also a spoiler yeah. that we should cut, but I don't know. Eh, no, I, I, think, I don't think so, because they don't really know who the, the, the bad guys are unless they play it, so... True, true. I mean, yeah. Uh, if I were to grade it for right now because I haven't beaten it, I would give it a B plus. Um, I think the rating will go up though once I get to the end, once we kind of get that payoff. I think it's kind of needed for to get like a good overall grade. Um, so I imagine it'll probably be like an A minus, maybe A, depending on how I feel about the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think B plus for a game that I've never, I've never paid attention to much any Clank before. I never played one before. Now I'm like invested. Like I cannot wait for the next one to come out. I haven't even beaten this one yet, and I'm ready for another Ratchet and Clank. Or or rivet, you know, um, Insom- <laughs> yeah. insomniac. You know, you know, you're listening. Um, so that'd be awesome. I mean, Ryan, 
should we should we be voices in the next ratcheting we should yeah yeah we should. <laughs> yeah we'll find some gabe get on it <laughs> yeah gabe newell reach out to insomniac for us Gabe Newell's now our agent. Um, it's one of his sidekicks. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. it's our VO he, agent. He, he was gonna mention it when he when he interrupted that one person <laughs> on the PC uh, conference, uh, but then he got interrupted himself, and so they forgot to mention yeah. it. It's okay though. We're, no hard feelings. It is what it is. <laughs> right. Next year, next year, yeah. Gabe. Mm. Yeah, Gabe's looking interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, the beard is impressive. It's a good. Not to beard. go off on this weird it's tangent, a good but beard. Yeah. yeah, it's a good beard. He grows a good beard. Sorry, so I'm just trying to make sure I don't bash my future employer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are the games we played uh, so far in 2021. Not as many as I thought I had played. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but hopefully we've convinced you to pick up one that maybe you weren't expecting to want to play. It'd be good. Um, but before we end our show, we want to go. We want to kind of go through a list of what the games we're looking forward to story-wise for 2021. Um, so actually, I'll go first. If that's okay. Please, I, I wrote, please do. I, I guess I wrote mine first. I guess um, this is a little bit of a cheap one to throw out there, but I and I already know the the whole story of this. <laughs> Whatever. I haven't experienced it in a long time, and re-experiencing a good story is not a shameful thing. I should not be shamed. No one. If you're shaming me, stop it. I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first game I have on my list is Skyward Sword, uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, super interesting game. Not my favorite Zelda at all, for sure. Uh, but I do. I like it a lot. It, it does a good job setting up the legend of the legend of zelda the lore of it and the beginning of of why link zelda and ganon are intertwined in this constant rebirthing of the story in multiple games the cycle never dies and they're just constantly torturing each other um but i'm very much looking forward to re-experiencing that on the switch i i'm glad that i don't have to use the joy cons that's the thing i didn't like about <laughs> it on the switch i, I think everyone would be crazy yeah. Yeah, and they kind of doubled down on that, which is fine. I'm sure there are people who do like that, but I'm glad I can just kind of put it in handheld mode or use a controller to uh, just flick a flick a joystick and kind of get that same effect without looking stupid. So I'm down for that. You're feeling goofy, I guess. You don't look stupid, but whatever. <laughs> um, all right, Ryan, what's your what's your first game? Yeah, so for? my first game on my list is Metroid Dread. Um, I'm Ooh. really excited to see the the fusion games are the only Metroid games I've really played. Uh, I do not remember any of them, so it might be worth um, maybe around that time doing another recap and, and getting caught up. But I'm I'm really excited for Metroid That's Dread. That's a good idea. Um, I, I to see what what they're going to do with that story, um, especially as we've just kind of started talking about the beginning of that story. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited yeah. for more 2D Metroid. I, I I would be okay if they only make 2D Metroid games as long as they're very good. Same. Yeah, I I, I mean I think we mentioned this before. If you haven't listened to our first Metroid. Tales of the Cartridge that we released last week. What are you doing? <laughs> Finish this episode first and then go to that one. <laughs> yeah. We did a pretty decent job on a game that is, you know, had really no story to it. So, um, but uh, I am the same as you, Ryan. I, I respect Metroid Prime for what it is, but it is not my go-to for Metroid content. I, I have fond memories of Metroid 3, which is Super Metroid for the SNES. Um, I never beat it per se i played it for sure um but i've i've watched my cousin beat it a thousand times and i've always enjoyed this it. it's, it's very interesting samus is such, such an interesting character I, and like you right fusion was the only metroid game i've ever like truly beaten and i really liked it it was creepy and like scary because you're getting chased by this samus lookalike i think um and i would love to kind of go through that game again and, and all the games again before like you said before i think in october it comes out i, I believe it's later in the year yeah, October. It's right around spooky okay, season. Yeah. 
Ooh, spooky <laughs> season. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we could do a lore video on that. I don't know, but I like like you, Ryan. I am excited for Metroid Dread. I think it looks cool. I can't wait to them. I'm hoping they polish up a little bit more visuals wise. Yeah. Um, but I, I think overall, from what they showed at through E3, I am very excited for it as well. Good pick. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks. But Eric, what do you got next for us? <laughs> next one is a surprise one to me. I didn't think I'd actually put this one down. Um, but I'm way more interested in this than the other Marvel game that come, came out <laughs> semi-recently. Uh, so the one I have next, my second one that I'm looking forward to in 2021 is Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels kind of similar to Avengers, which I was not interested in playing at all. Um, I'm kind of getting a little bit burnt out on Marvel, I think, I'm starting to realize. Like, I haven't watched any, besides WandaVision, that's the last thing I've watched canonically. Um, I don't know. Shang-Chi looks pretty sick, though, I will say. The trailer yeah, looks Shang-Chi really cool, and I'm actually cool. pretty down to watch that. Yeah. I can certainly suggest, if you haven't watched Loki, Loki is very, very fun, very good. Owen Wilson's very good in is it. Is it good? It's, it's uh, it, yeah, it's like a sci-fi detective um, show. It's so oh, wildly okay. different than anything. Similar to WandaVision, it's just very weird. And I have no idea what... It's very weird. I have no idea how they're going <laughs> to tie any of this in with what's going on in the overall Marvel story. It's really cool. The TVA is cool. The Timekeepers are cool. I think they're going to do some Kang stuff with it, which I'm excited about. Oh, um, yeah, cool. so Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. I just For Marvel, I just, I've just i been getting a little burnt out on, on Marvel, I think, which mm-hmm. is, I think, normal at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy, from what they showed us at E3, was so kind of refreshing and interesting it was more of this uh you get you get not only is the story seem very important to this thing but the way you interact with your fellow teammates also kind of depicts how the story's going to go which i think is really cool they can make this a very linear story just a kind of like simple dialogue back and forth squabble like they, the guardians do with each other but it sounds like from what they showed us or what it looks like what they showed us that you get to kind of interact and, and pick people to do certain things and that depicts how they they view you and and vice versa so i'm actually very excited for this game i think it's going to be better than avengers knock on wood hopefully um but which is sad i think i i I hate to see any game do poorly but yeah so but yeah guardians is my second one hopefully it's good i'm excited to see what happens story-wise with that yeah so ryan what is your second game that you're excited for uh another one that i hope is good but i'm a little nervous about uh far cry 6 um i from what i've seen the the characters look really cool especially the the villain sun dynamic is really interesting um i don't have a ton on the lead but oftentimes we don't really get a ton of information on the lead. it looks like there might be more on this one than maybe the others again i haven't played far cry 5 um yeah. but this is this is a game where i this is a series where i'm just really interested in what they're going to do and a lot of these their stories are personal stories that being said um it it doesn't look great um visually and i'm a little bit worried that it's going to be um i'm a little worried that the they're they're not going to do as it's not going to be as compelling and as interesting as maybe the other villains um with no fault to probably the voice actor but possibly to Mm -hmm. the writing or the setting or what they're what they're doing because it also seems like they're both going for this really intense serious villain and this kind of really whimsical wild um lead and um kind of protagonist but we'll see mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful but I'm, I'm 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 hesitant as well yeah i i feel the same as you actually i am not super looking forward to far cry 6 as i would have like say far cry 3 or far cry 4 i didn't play 5 like like you um but yeah something about far cry 6 is just not grabbing me i'm hopeful though i'm hopeful that maybe i'm that maybe we're wrong and the story will be more interesting um from what they showed at e3 
there's a cut scene involving uh, the main antagonist boarding a boat. And it was kind of interesting. It did the kind of Far Cry thing where they introduced this concept of something and it's kind of interesting and they relate it to kind of the overall thing. Like like the the insanity is doing something over and over again with expecting the same results like in Far Cry 3. That kind of thing. That kind of dialogue. Um, and that was interesting, but yeah, there's something about Far Cry 6. And I think it's more gameplay stuff that's holding me back than anything so i'm hoping the story's good though um and uh i'm glad that they're using the macarena in some positive way they're weaponizing it as it should be yeah. <laughs> as it should be as the macarena should be yeah exactly yeah. my third game yeah that i'm going to be ta- talking about is uh road 96 mm. which i believe is coming out on on most platforms definitely steam and i believe ps4 I'm pretty sure. But Road 96 looks super interesting. I'm a little nervous about it. The, the, the whole context that I've gained, that I kind of understand the story, is that you're trying to cross a border, I believe, on this highway known as Road 96. And you have several, multiple, many different options in which you can try to cross over this border using people or situations, but every situation is very different than the other one. And what choices you make greatly impact your story and if you can actually make it across the border um and it sounds like the, the the options available available to you are like vast like there's a lot of different things that can happen to you on this journey based on the choices that you make so the replayability is very significant um i'm nervous that it'll be a game that offers all these choices but then typically is very similar each each playthrough is very similar in different ways um so that makes me a little nervous, but I think the idea of, of Road 96 is uh, super intriguing. I'm very hopeful that the story aspect of it, as it seems like more of like a story-based game than a gameplay game, um, and the story of it seems super cool, and I'm, I'm excited to... I'm sure we'll probably both play it at some point, and we'll yeah. kind of compare notes and talk about what happened, and um, that's exciting to me. I love talking about different experiences in, in the same games that we're playing, so that is what I'm looking forward to the most with Road 96. Yeah, it, it almost looks to me, or it reminds me almost of like a um, a Firewatch with like the the, the whole yeah. the whole the whole game is just this narrative where you're you're having conversations and that's really the game. And if it hits those same emotional notes and those same like character notes, I think it, it has. And if it has those vast options, I think it has you know a lot of legs to do very very well. It'd be really good. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah, too. Yeah, that's a really good choice. I'm craving a, a Firewatch-esque game, I think. Yeah. I, and if you look at the visuals, like you said, Ryan, you're very correct. If you look at the visuals of Road 96, it's very, very Firewatch. Yeah. I almost said Far Cry, which is very wrong. <laughs> Firewatch, for sure. Um, yeah. And it's sad because we don't get the the next game from I know. Campo Santos, because that's been x thanks to Gabe. Yeah, Gabe ate him up. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot, Gabe. <laughs> he's just, forgive you. He's pulled it because he wants us to be in it. He's, he's <laughs> He hasn't found the right but, way. You know, <laughs> Portal 3 has to be done first, though. I get it. I understand it, Gabe. No, yeah. no hard feelings. Um, but I, I, if you haven't heard of Row 96, I highly recommend you go check the trailer out. It's super cool and interesting. And I think it's going to be a game that really grips players and makes you, and kind of tugs on heartstrings and makes you feel uncomfortable in different ways. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with that. Ryan, what is your third game? Um, my next game is Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West. Um, I'm really excited to see where they take that story after the last one. Um, I didn't play the DLC, and I, I kind of want to because um, just to see if, if they did more of the Alloy story there. But I'm really curious to see what the 
what happens with these characters and what happens with this world that's really interesting mm-hmm. um, from that that state of play that PlayStation did the gameplay looks really fun but also like the interactions were pretty interesting the fact that there were um, folks who could also control the creatures made things really interesting so I'm, I'm really excited to see what that is all about because at least in the first game when I went into it I had a very I had a certain expectation based on what I saw and it was so different than what I expected as far as the scope in the world so I'm hoping they're gonna do that again um, and it's gonna just be really cool to now have this it seems like anyway this is gonna be set in a very specific area where you can see like landmarks in our world that, that is really intriguing and interesting so oh, cool. I'm, I'm excited for that I'm excited to see more of this world I'm excited to see more of Alloy it's the first game was a game I really enjoyed and I kind of want to go back and, and revisit um, to see how that story holds up but mm-hmm. um, yeah I'm excited for more of it I am one of the people that did not finish Horizon Zero Dawn and I don't know why I I, I love the idea of Aloy I just struggled uh, to relate to her maybe I don't know I would like to go back to it one day, though, because I think the, the gameplay, the demo for Forbidden West looks very cool, and it's just beautiful, beautiful scenery. I will say, though, though, <laughs> not to be nitpicky, which I'm about to be, so I am, uh, when she's hiding in that demo, the E3 demo, or not the, I'm sorry, not the E3 demo, it's the State of Play demo, not the same thing. Don't comment. Or do. We would love to hear your thoughts on different perspectives. Um, when she's hiding in the grass, and like the people are around her looking for her, the intruders and everything like that she's so clearly seen i don't understand why they haven't changed that like she her head is out of the grass looking yeah. at them like where is she and like this you know redhead is like looking around <laughs> out of the bushes and it's like ah, okay um but other than that i think it looks great <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, eric what's your next game that you're yeah excited about so uh this is the last one on my list i I don't know if this is going to be a good narrative game. I'm hopeful that it will be. Um, it reminds me a lot of Fury, mm-hmm. in, in which that there was a kind of a really interesting, weird story, and I kind of get the same vibe from this game as well. Uh, and the game I'm referring to is Sifu. Uh, and Sifu is a game that is... It's all fight... It's like a fighting game, but not. It's like a... I forget the exact word for it, but basically it's a game where you just kind of, it's like a, just a fighting simulator in which you're like you're, it's not even a simulator. You're just going through and fighting people and you get through all the people and then you fight the boss. It's very martial arts, like Kung Fu, uh, like Wing Chun, like kind of game uh, in which I, I believe I read the main character's family is murdered and he's looking for revenge or she. That's actually, I didn't realize that either is that it could be a female or a male character, which is really cool. Um, and every time you die, you, you age and come back to life. So you get a little older every time you die. So I love to see, I wanna know how that gameplay element is intertwined with the story of Sifu and why the main character ages when they die. And then kind of seeing all these interesting characters, all these very unique looking characters and how they're they're all put into this world and how they're all interacting with each other and, and what the, the goal is or the purpose of why killing this person's family. So I'm hopeful it's good. I think it's gonna be more of a gameplay thing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what the story has to offer and, and what you can get from it. So have you, any, have you seen Sifu at all, right? Have you any interest in it? Yeah, I've seen, I mean, I saw, I don't know where it was revealed. Was it at a state of the play or was it at a... I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It it looks really interesting. It looks really interesting. I I am also really curious as to what, what they're doing with that story. Um, I, am not a super individual who is super good at fighting games or games where I have to fight things. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it. Um, and if, it, if it's good and interesting, I'll, if it's, and it's like a good roguelike, I'll certainly check that out. 
Yeah, I wonder. I, yeah, I don't know if it's a roguelike. I could totally be. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to what. It's just a very big mystery to me. I think that's what I like about most. I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no idea really what it's offering. So I'm very curious yeah. for that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Ryan, what's your last one? <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> my last one. I also know absolutely nothing about. Um, is the next season of Destiny. Um, it's mm. going to be the last season before the expansion, so I'm really excited Ooh. to see what they do with that. Um, I have no idea where they're going to go after this story, because this story is pretty wild, so I don't know how they're going to bridge that gap. But I'm, I'm just excited for more, and hopefully the storytelling keeps up to where they're at now, because if so, I think um, it, it, I'm really excited to see where that story goes, because the where what they're hinting at, again, Destiny is... Um, very bad at like having a really satisfying conclusion to things that they hint at in their game hopefully they do a good job of sticking that landing um in a way that i think is going to be really wild and really change up um how how the what's going to happen in the expansion which i'm really excited about and this 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 villain i guess the antagonist who they've been kind of hinting at for a really long time um, is like actively involved in, in what's going on. She like is in the city right now, which is really cool and interesting oh. because she can like take whatever form she wants to take. Um, is really cool, and I'm excited to see what they do with that and where this season ends and how that. Because originally um, the expansion was going to come out in the fall, but they had to push it back to 2022. Then they're just going to prop this season in there. It might be trash. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, I'm hoping it's good though. I'm hoping that they 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 keep keep going with this good story and i'm just excited for more of it that being said this is probably certainly um biased by the fact that i've been just playing a lot of destiny right now so we'll see i'm <laughs> gonna <laughs> fall off the wagon if i'll still be still be as interested it'll just start like they'll start doing like time travel it'll just time travel back to season one and they go through the whole story again that's how they you know get yeah, new players so, on and right right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> But yeah, no, this is a good episode. I think there's a lot to look forward to currently, and there's a lot to look yeah. forward to in the future. Um, yeah. But Storygoers, let us know what your current game of the years are story-wise. You know, what games did you think really hit home, or what games did you think didn't live up to your expectations story-wise? Um, and let us know. And email us at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. I'll have the E's or threes. Let us know in our comments or DMs what your opinions are. We'll happily send you a sticker and read your comments on a future episode. Also, let us know what games you're looking forward to for 2021. I think it's going to be an exciting time for games, though maybe a little bit slow because of all the COVID crap. Um, We call that CC in the game industry, COVID crap. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think that it's going to be a good year regardless in some way, shape, or form. I mean, if anything, you have your backlog to go back to. We still, I think backlog is a significant thing. I have one in my phone I keep updating uh, with stuff I haven't played. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll lose it eventually. My phone's kind of crapping out on me, but you know what? In the meantime, I'll have that backlog to fall back onto. So, uh, <laughs> right. But Ryan, I, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. I hope you do as well. Enjoy your family visit. I hope it's I hope it's wonderful and magical. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna be going shopping. Eventually, I get to take the day off from work. Uh, I'm bad at taking days off work for myself. If it's for other people, I can do it. Yeah, good, yeah, good, good, yeah. good. That's important. <laughs> the story goes: I hope that you are doing well and that you're happy and healthy. Uh, continue to do your best. I don't know where I'm going with that. All right, we'll probably cut that. But uh, have a good day. Thanks for listening to the episode, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.